Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Today, we are celebrating our risen King. We're focusing on the empty tomb. We are saying we are risen with Him. Come on. That's the truth. It's so good. It's such good news. This is the celebration of Jesus' defeat of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. On Friday, he died. On Saturday, he went into hell and said to the devil, give me the keys. He took back what Adam gave away. And on Sunday, he rose, rolling the stone away. He, after rising again, he ascended into the heavens and sat down at the right hand of God. Amen. This is the cornerstone of our faith right here. The resurrection. Amen. If Christ is not raised, then our faith is in vain. If the dead are not raised, then neither is Christ. And this is for nothing. This is the most pivotal day of the year. Okay. It's the most pivotal understanding that he has not only risen, but he has opened the way to heaven and called us into salvation. He has called every person into salvation. We believe that Jesus got down on one knee before the entire world and said, I'll be yours if you'll be mine. Every single person throughout time. I know that's a mystery. And like, wait a minute, he lived 2000 years ago. How did, you know, it, God is outside of time. It actually says in Ephesians four that he who ascended also descended into the lower regions of the earth and led a host of captives with him. What was going on? He was going into hell and getting everybody who believed. He was. Come on. He's the savior of all. He's actually the God of both the dead and the living. So salvation is available to all. Amen. Say all. So today I really felt like the Lord just said, answer the question. What does it mean to be saved? What does that mean? And you might be like, oh, man, I know all this stuff. If you think that way, then I'd argue you don't know very much. I love you, but that's pride. And the minute you stop learning, you're no longer a disciple because a disciple, the word means lunar learner. Okay. So if you're not learning, you're not following Jesus. So let's be disciples this morning. Take another look at salvation. Some of you are going to be like, I didn't know all that was in there. I didn't know that came with the package. Others are going to be like, oh, my gosh, I need that. I want that for the very first time. Amen. Come on. I just came from South Tampa. Five people gave their life to Jesus just now. Like, so good. Come on. So what does it mean to be saved? What does that word even mean? What meaneth this? We're going to look at Romans 10, 9 through 11. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That is how simple this thing is. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We make this a lot more complicated than this. All right. It's the simple gospel. And if you take it, it makes you happy. All right. You need to take your medicine today and get out of your churchianity. Take the gospel and realize that it is just a confession and a belief. That's it. We say, if you, yeah, believe and then join our church, you know, make sure that happens. Make sure you come back next week, please. 
Or else are we really sure you were real about that? Mm, I don't know. Read your Bible, pray. All those things are important. But listen, reading your Bible, praying, all that for the believer is not seed, it's fruit. You don't plant seeds of salvation by doing works. You bear the fruit of salvation by walking with him after he has come into your heart. Okay, so reading your Bible is good. Praying is good. You know, communion is good. Fasting is good, sort of. And <laughs> I'm 115 pounds soaking wet, all right? So no reserves. It hurts me. <laughs> if the Lord opens the heavens and says, Caleb, fast. I, yes, Lord. But beyond that, you know, anyway, I'm being silly. All those things are good, but they do not get you saved. None of that contributes to your salvation. Baptism doesn't contribute to your salvation. You understand? You understand? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. And for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Come on. It says the heart, with the heart, one believes and is justified. Say justified. That's a big word that means just as if I'd never sinned, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. God looks at you and isn't like looking through the blood of Jesus to be like, oh, I don't want to look at that sin. He looks at you and it looks like you've never sinned before. All of your sins were in the future when Jesus died for them. So you're all worried about repenting enough to get to heaven and all that stuff. It's not in the Bible. It's if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, God raised him from the dead, saved justified with the heart. One is justified with the mouth. One confesses and is saved. Save is greater than justification. Salvation goes beyond justification. The church has preached that Jesus died to forgive your sins and ended the statement there. That is an incomplete gospel. It's a partial gospel. It's not the whole story. He didn't just forgive you. He didn't just die for your sins. He died as your sins. He didn't just die for you. He died as you. The life of the believer is not a changed life. It's an exchanged life. It's your life for his. And that's a pretty great deal. A good Jewish bargain, if I would say so. Jesus was a Jew. That's why that's funny. Just say so you know. Listen, we need to understand what that word saved means. That's my whole mission today. Okay. So uh, we need to understand the Bible is not originally written in English, right? The New Testament was written in Greek, okay? And the word, Greek word saved is actually the word sozo, okay? Say that word, sozo. And I have the definition for you. Saved literally means more than saved, okay? Sozo literally means more than just getting to heaven. Sozo means you have been protected, I'm sorry, delivered protected, healed, preserved. There's, it means to do well or to be or to make whole. We have a slide for you on this. I want it on the screen so we can see it. Saved means to save, deliver, protect, heal, preserve, do well, be or make whole. Did you know all that came with the program? I mean, that's pretty amazing. If you believe in your heart, confess in your mouth, you will be delivered, protected, healed, Preserved, made well, made whole. Come on. So to be saved is so much more than just forgiven. 
Have you heard the, the you know, in church we just say, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. Yeah, that's great. But that's not the whole thing right there. Are you with me? Come on. We are going to march through every single one of these words. All right. And we're going to look at the, what the Bible says about it. Okay. So stick with me here. To be saved is to be delivered. Colossians 1, 13 through 14. This is what it says. It says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If you've been redeemed, if you have forgiveness, you've also been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom. You're already delivered from the fallen world. You're like, well, we live in a fallen world. Da, 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 da. Well, I refuse to elevate the works of the first Adam above the works of the last Adam. I refuse to say the fall of Adam in the garden has more effect on me today than the rise of Christ in the last garden. In fact, Adam started in a garden, got kicked out in a wilderness. Jesus started his ministry in a wilderness and ended in a garden, coming out of a garden tomb. To, he was going to outdo, undo, redo everything Adam doo-dooed. I've been waiting to say that all week long. He has delivered us. From the domain of darkness. That's already happened. You're like, oh Lord, deliver me. He has. He already did. Amen? Now, we need to enforce that. We need to push back the darkness. We need to say, no, no, no. Darkness in my life is illegal. Right? It still happens. Like, there's still curses, generational curses. There's still sickness. There's still disease. There's still darkness around. Amen? But we're supposed to pray that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? We're supposed to enforce the victory of the resurrection. We're supposed to enforce the victory by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to accept the fact that we live in a fallen world, brother. One day when we all get to heaven. No, I'm not living that way. Listen, I'm not waiting to go to heaven. Heaven's waiting on me. Okay? In fact, I like saying it this way. I don't even like saying I'm going to heaven because it pretends I'm not already there. I'm bilocational. I'm a bi-locational minister. Okay? I've been delivered. To be saved is to be delivered. But that's not all. <laughs> to be saved is to be protected. Psalm 121 verse 8 has a promise. It's a promise from the old covenant that we get to realize in the new covenant. This is amazing. It says you will be guarded by God himself. Did you know God is your bodyguard? <laughs> Come on. You will be safe when you leave your home and safely you will return. He will protect you now and he'll protect you forever more. You're protected. This is this comes with your salvation. You don't have to read your Bible to be protected. You don't have to have a greater discernment to be protected. You don't have to pray before you leave the house and go, Lord, please protect me. You have to pray and say, thank you that you're my protector. <laughs> There's a difference. You're my protector. I'm protected in you. You're my bodyguard. God's my bodyguard. Ha <laughs> ha. This all comes with salvation. Doesn't this sound like a good deal? Like This is just a good, I like this plan. To be saved is to be protected. To be saved is to be healed. It's the same word that means healed. In fact, when, when Jesus is on, um, in the wilderness, many times when the people, the crowds came to him and it says he healed them all, it says he saved them all. He sozoed them all. The word sozo is used 119 times in the New Testament. It's used for healing, physical healing, deliverance, eternal preservation, all of it. Come on. There's so much. I've, I would like to just submit to you that the church has left a lot on the table when it comes to our salvation. And we're putting it off for heaven. And we're like, one day. No. 
Today is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day of salvation. Listen to this, Psalm 103, 2 through 3. Another promise that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. If your iniquities have been forgiven, then you also have access to all of your diseases being healed. Listen, it takes the same amount of faith to receive forgiveness as it does to receive healing. We're all like, I've been forgiven, but oh my gosh, I'm not, I don't think I'll ever be healed. We'll be healed in heaven, and that takes a greater amount of faith. No, it's the same thing. It's all in the package. It all comes in one shot. Amen? Come on. It says all your diseases. You know why? Because his yoke is easy. Any dis-ease is not in his yoke. Any dis-ease is not with him. He doesn't bring dis-ease. His yoke is easy easy. His burden is light. To be saved is to be healed. To be saved is to be preserved. I'm talking eternally preserved. Jesus said in John 5, 24, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. It says you have everlasting life. Right now, we're all waiting for eternal life. Jesus said, believe in me, you have it. I'm not waiting for eternal life. I have it right now. You have eternal life if you believe in the Lord. Eternal life comes with the, the package. You can experience everlasting life right now. The abundant life that Jesus promised right now. Come on. Eternally preserved. It says, they shall not come into judgment. Hello? But he has passed from death into life. Listen, there is a great and terrible day of the Lord coming. I know. You're like, whoa, it got unhappy in here. Listen, it's called the great and terrible day of the Lord because it's great for some, terrible for others. It's great for some, terrible for others. There's one thing that will be judged that day. Did you know all sin has already been judged? Did you know all sin has already been paid for? You're not going to get the YouTube highlight reel of your sins on the big screen at the pearly gates before you get in. That's not how it's going to work. Okay? Because your sin has been paid for. Your sins, especially when you say yes to Jesus, have been scattered as far as the east is from the west. It says in Hebrews 8, he will remember them no more. What's the opposite of dismember? Remember. He'll never put the pieces back together. Why are you talking to God about things that he forgot and calling it repentance? No, you need to say, thank you, Jesus, that you forgave that and forgot it. If you ever sin again, which would be so unlike you, you need to go to the Lord and say, oh, man, thank you, Jesus, that you paid for that 2000 years ago. All of your sins are in the future when you paid for them. Come on, come on. So you've been preserved. You're not going to come into judgment. He's not going to judge you for your sins. Here's what will be done on that day. Did you believe in the son or not? That's the judgment. That's the judgment. Did you believe on Jesus or not? Sheep, goats and some will say, no, I don't want, I don't want to believe. And that's a tragedy. But here's the deal. I don't believe God sends anyone to hell. I believe Jesus laid down his dead body at the gates of hell and said, over my dead body, will you get in there? I believe you have to step over the dead body of Jesus and say, no, no, I will preserve me. 
You don't need to forgive me. I'll forgive me. You paying for your own sins is stepping over the body of Jesus saying, I don't need that. I've got it in the bag. I'm good. That's literally the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, rejecting Holy Spirit, saying, no, I don't want it. Eternal rejection. That's the one sin that separates men from God. That's heavy, but it's also kind of good news because it's so easy. C.S. Lewis, you know that author? You heard of that guy? Pretty important dude. He said, it's a crazy statement, not my opinion, him. He said, all who are in hell, choose it. All who are in hell, choose it. To be saved is to be eternally preserved. You will not come into judgment. You have already passed from death into life. To be saved is to be made whole. Come on, this just keeps getting better and better. You know, made whole. Romans 5.1 says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Come on, he, God looks at you and sees perfection. You're like, uh, that don't make no sense. Because I, I, I'm not perfect. Okay, let me ask you something. If God sees it, does he see it correctly? Does he need corrective lenses? Is he like been around a long time? His eyes are getting a little fuzzy. He can't really make it out anymore. No. Who needs the correction? You, me. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us. Because as a man believes in his heart, so is he. You, what you believe about you is how you'll be living. What you're believing is what you'll be living. Come on. So if you believe that God has transferred his righteousness to you, you can act right from that internal prompting from that internal power from the Holy Spirit in you. It's not you trying to do the right thing. It's the right one coming out of you. It's the fruit of righteousness. It's just natural for you to have integrity. It's natural for you to tell the truth. It's natural for you to fess up when you mess up. It's natural for you to do the right thing. That's what it means. Righteousness, the best definition I've ever heard, means everything as it should be. You just do it. It's just right. Your relationships are right. Everything's right. God has given you his righteousness. Come on. It's not your righteousness. That's good news. And we can enjoy true and lasting peace with God. Peace with God. Did you know that he was never your enemy? You were once his. Yeah, we were at enmity with God in our minds, the Bible says. Meaning we were the one who thought he was our enemy. He never called us his enemy. Never, never, never. He called us his children. You know, he's the father of all. Every single person in this room, everyone watching on live stream, every human being on the planet comes from God. And you might be thinking, well, Jesus said you are of your father, the devil. Yeah, I know that scripture, too. He said you are of. He did not say you are from. There's a difference from being of something and from something. You can be of a certain ideology. You can be of a certain group. You can be of an ethnicity, but you're only from one thing. You don't choose who you're from. You choose who you're of. So you don't get a choice. You came from God and you might be in this room, a lost son or daughter, but you're still a son and daughter. And salvation requires a belief and a confession. That's it. And it's a welcome home party. Come on. It's back to your house. It's the story of the prodigal son. He never was not a son. 
in the pig pen. He was eating slop. He was doing the most dirty thing ever, living his life totally wretched. But he never revoked his sonship from the father. It never broke. He came back and he immediately was restored. That's how I see people who don't know that to be saved is to be made whole, to have peace with God. You might be in this room wondering if God is mad at you. You might not know if you have peace with God in your heart. You're going to leave here knowing. You're going to leave here knowing. Come on. So to be saved is to be delivered, it's to be protected, to be healed, to be preserved, to be made whole. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good deal. But there's even more. Come on. When we are saved, we are actually risen with him. I've been saying it all day. When you're saved, you're risen with Christ. Listen to Ephesians 2, 1 through 6. This is amazing. Ephesians 2, 1 through 6 says, His, talking of Jesus, His fullness fills you. You're filled with the whole fullness of God. His fullness fills you. Come on. You're full of it. <laughs> as soon as you say yes to Jesus, you're full of it. It being Him. It being Holy Spirit, you're full of the fullness, full, filled with the fullness of God. This is my fifth time preaching this. I think I'd have it by now. His fullness fills you even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. See, zombies are in the Bible. You were once like corpses, the walking dead, dead. I'm going to work Monday. Oh, God bless you. Some Christians are going to heaven, living like hell all the way there. Just saying. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Come on. Jesus is a zombie slayer for the middle schools in the room. I'm trying to connect it for you. <laughs> Even though you once were like corpses dead in your sins and offenses. Anybody got a story like that? Anybody want to say, oh, yeah. My BC days before Christ, I was dead. I was the walking dead. I was a wretch. I was not good. I did not. I was not good at life. I was not good to people. And then you were delivered, saved, rescued. Come on. Risen with him. It goes on to say, it wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The truth of God is a person named Yeshua. The truth of God is a person named Jesus. Truth is a person. Disobedient to the person of the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. Do you hear the past tense? I want to point out this is written in the past tense. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. This is the deal. Everybody in the human race after Adam and Eve are born dead. You're born dead. You're born in the wrong family, in the Adam's family. Right? You don't want that family, but that's where you were born. You don't get to choose it. We're all under the sin of Adam. That's why we needed the last Adam. We needed Christ to come and redeem us and save us from ourselves. Come on. This is the gospel. Does anyone agree? They needed a rescuer. I needed one. If it was just for me, I'm good with it. I needed a rescuer. Amen? 
The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children, subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God still loved us with great love, with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins. He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. One with Christ. The life of the believer does not end in union with Christ. It begins there. You start ascended. You start from the throne room. His finish line is where you begin. He said it is finished and you started. That's what it means to be born again, risen with him. You needed it. I needed it. But a rescuer came. A savior came. And now you don't have to save yourself. Now you don't have to do enough right things to be right. Praise God. When we're saved, we're risen with him. Here's the truth. God wants to give every single person breathing his kingdom. God wants to give you the kingdom. In fact, he put your name on a package, on a gift 2,000 years ago. He said, this is for them. This is for you. This is for you. And the reality of salvation is not filling the gift. It's not putting things in the box to enjoy in heaven one day. It's receiving the gift. It's already got everything in there. It's just opening the gift of salvation. It's called the gift of salvation for a reason. The thing about a gift is you can't earn it. That makes it a wage. Sin pays a wage, but God gives a gift called eternal life. God wants to give you his kingdom. So let's define what it is. Romans 14, 17, Paul is settling an argument in the Roman church about what the kingdom is and what it isn't talking about eating and drinking and all these different food customs and things like that. This is what he says. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He's saying it doesn't have to do with what you put into your body. It has to do with the one in your body. It has to do with the Holy Spirit in you coming out. Righteousness, peace and joy. God wants to give righteousness, peace, and joy to the entire human race. Come on. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I have yet to meet a single person who would say, I want to do the wrong thing. I just do my best to do the wrong thing. And I'm just, I'm a good, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person, you know, I just want to do the wrong thing. No, what does everybody say? I just want to do the right thing. I'm a good person. I want to do the right. I can't find anyone who's like, yeah, I like to. I want to do wrong, you know? Maybe in a fit of sarcasm, but not in the truth of who they are, right? Come on. I haven't found anyone who doesn't want the righteousness of God, the rightness, everything right. I can't find a single person who says, I'll take uh, less peace, please. I'll have less peace in my life. I would like more turmoil in my relationships. I would like more disaster in my finances. I would like to have a lot of missing holes. In my I'd like to feel empty at least three days a week. You know, I... I don't really want peace. I want the opposite. I want, you know, something missing, something lacking. You know, I'm good with that. I can't find a single human being who would say that. Could you? Have you found anyone who would want that? No. I can't find anyone who doesn't want more joy. I can't find anyone who say, yeah, I, I'd like to be less joyful. 
I enjoy the fact that I'm not joyful. Mm. It's an oxymoron. You can't enjoy the fact you're not joyful. There's nothing to enjoy. <laughs> enjoy is being enjoy, you know? So this is what that tells me. The whole world wants the kingdom. It actually says Jesus is the desire of the nations. That means everyone in this room, everyone watching on live stream, every human being on the planet wants a king like Jesus. The problem is the church has not represented him very well. The problem is we've said he you better turn or he's going to pour out his wrath. I'm sorry. No, he will not. He has already poured out his wrath on himself in the person of the son. Jesus says now is the time for judgment. Now is the time for judgment of the world. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. And then it says, he said this to say what kind of death he would die. When Jesus was on the cross, he took on the judgment of all sin. And he made open a way for you to accept him. A lack of salvation is the refusal to believe that he paid for everything. This the low bar is, I mean, it, Jesus has put the bar so low. Like, all you got to do is just, yeah, I'll take that. Yes, please, I'll have it. <laughs> but we've made the simple gospel complex. Because we can't, just, we can't just have people believe and then not be able to control them. Got to make sure they come back to church. We need the altar full every week. I need to see people crying because I'm insecure and that's the way I know that God uses me. I'm a little upset about these things because it's doing damage. I don't need you to react. I need to be obedient and to declare. That's it. I give you the truth. You do what you will with it. I don't need a reaction from you. I don't need to see a certain amount of tears or happiness or whatever to feel like I did my job. I need to get through my notes. That's about it. That's enough work for me. All right. That is enough right there. That's enough trouble for me. And then I'm saying what the Lord sent me here to say, and you got to deal with it. That's what the truth does. It divides. You got to deal with it. If it's the truth, it will stick with you and you got to deal with it. That's it. This is the truth. God's not mad at you. God is not mad at you. John 3, 16, you know this verse. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, right? Let's listen to it in a new translation just to break off the familiarity, okay? It says, here is the way God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. Heaven went bankrupt for you. There's nothing better in heaven than Jesus. Nothing better. Heaven spent all it had just to have you back. In fact, Jesus said, I'd rather go to hell to get you back than to stay in heaven and not have you. That's my Jesus. If you've heard nothing I've said, listen to this. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. You might think you're worthless, but you've been wrong before. My God, my Jesus thinks you're to die for. What if you believed him? What if you chose to believe him? I'll tell you what would happen. You'd be delivered. You'd be protected, healed, eternally preserved, made whole, risen with him, 
a recipient of the kingdom of God. That's the deal on the table. <laughs> so if you want to be delivered, if you want to be protected, if you want to be healed, you want to be eternally preserved, if you want to be made whole, if you want to receive the righteousness, peace, and joy of the kingdom, all you have to do is believe that Jesus is God, that he died on the cross as punishment for all of our wrongdoings, and that he rose again. If you believe in your heart and confess through your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You will be risen with him. That's it. That's the offer. That's how simple it is. And this morning, I'm just following the, the program of the Holy Ghost here. I'm doing what the Lord showed me to do. We've been doing it all weekend. We're going to do something that might feel familiar to you, but it's not familiar to me. It's different. I'm just following the Lord. And I want you all to participate. And when I say all, I mean all. Everyone in the room. Every single person. I, I mean, AV, everyone. Every single person. I want you to close your eyes. This is what the Lord showed me. So we're going to do it this way. Okay? Close your eyes. If I see eyes, I'm not going to begin. And I'm going to look for a second. Please close your eyes. Honor those on your left and your right. Every eye closed. Thank you very much. You might be in this room. You might be watching online. And you never heard that it was that easy. You thought it came with a religious program. You thought it came with having to do something for God. You thought that you would have to clean yourself up and do something right in order to receive his righteousness. And maybe today you heard it's just about believing and receiving and saying, yeah, Jesus, your Lord. And you've never said yes to the Lord. You've never received the Lord. This is your opportunity right here. Some others, you might have been leaving something on the table. You might have said a prayer. You might have given your life to the Lord at one point, but you didn't receive the fullness of that salvation. Maybe you just received the forgiveness of your sins, but you didn't receive the access into the heavenly realm. You didn't receive the protection, the healing, the preservation, all of that. You didn't receive the whole thing. And you feel like, oh my gosh, I know I'm saved, but I, I feel like I didn't do it right. You feel like, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to mark this day. That's totally okay too. And I don't care if you're a leader in church or a leader in this church or led a church. I don't care if that's you or if you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never accepted the fullness of salvation. I just want to put one hand in the air right now with every eye closed. Just put a hand in the air. Amen. I see you, bro. I see you. Anyone else? It's simple. This does not come with a catch. I'm not going to call you forward after this. This is it right here. This is a private moment with the Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just a couple more seconds on live stream. If that's you, just say that's me. I see you, bro. Amen. I see you. One last second. Anyone else? Okay. Amen. For all those who raise their hand, keep your eyes closed. We are going to pray out loud. This is what the Lord showed me, okay? And if you didn't raise your hand, you're praying for the one on your left or your right. You're right. You're interceding for them. We're all going to pray together out loud, okay? We're going to just step into this. The prayer doesn't save you. It's the belief. It's the confession. Amen? Come on. Let's pray this together. Father God, I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe that he came to the earth 
lived a perfect life, died a gruesome death, paying for all of my sins. I right now say, I receive the gift of salvation. I receive your deliverance. I receive your protection. I receive your healing. I receive your preservation. I receive your wholeness. I receive your kingdom. And I receive the truth that I'm risen with you upon making this decision. Father God, I say Jesus is Lord of my life. Show me the truth of that statement. Every day from now forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, we say amen for the four people in the room that just said that prayer for everyone watching online. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.